Welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all those things that culture doesn't want to talk about. That'll scare you. All right. Hey, Nathan. So today uh, we said in our last uh, show that we're going to talk about dysphoria and the world premiere that we had here at Life Church a couple weeks ago of this amazing film done by Mark and Amber Archer of Fearless Features. You can go to fearlessfeatures.org and you can check them out. Um, but Dysphoria is this amazing documentary on how this radical, nonsensical idea of transgenderism is destroying communities, it's destroying families, and it's destroying individuals around our nation. And it's really only been the last 10 years at most. I mean, really, this has been the last five to six years that this thing has really come out of the you know the 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 backyard rearing its ugly head. So yeah, talk about that a little bit. What did you think of the movie first and foremost? Well, I thought it was incredibly heartbreaking that you know it shines a light on the train wreck that we're seeing in our culture right now. I watching that and them kind of going down. Okay, this leads to this. That leads to this. That leads to this. And then there's Bible. You know, throughout the whole thing, it. It was something that it was so eye-opening, but it just it makes you angry as to what is happening to kids and how they are. I mean, the things that we're doing in America today, there is going to be a day that comes where we're going to have to apologize for all the mean things that were said to Mengele of the Nazis <laughs> oh, in, yeah, what, in what he right. did. They're carving kids up. They're castrating them. They're sterilizing them. They're ruining their life. And, and, and it's parents that are pushing this through. It's schools doing it without parents' permission. They're not, they're not, they, they, it's like, you can't, you can't do certain things. Kids can't buy cigarettes, yeah. right? Yeah. But they can cut off appendages without permission. And, oh my, it, it was enough that if you're a parent, you would be so mad. And there's just certain things that ought to make you mad. There's certain things you need to wake up to. Oh, I'm going to go watch a movie, and it's going to tick me off. Well, this is it. This is going to tick you off. Why don't you think more churches are willing to, you know, I they, we, we showed it at Life Church, uh, the premiere, and it was interesting talking to Mark and Amber, the filmmakers, who have done nationally renowned work. I mean, they're good filmmakers. They're not some local just, you know, with your iPhone. They, these people are good at what they do. I mean, oh, it's tremendous. so excellent. They're, I mean, they're missionaries. Yeah, it's it's incredible. But but they, they, they were saying they were having a hard time getting churches to, you know, buy into this movie and bring them in to show the movie. I mean, pastors don't want to talk about it. Uh, it's like, what, what, what do you think? There's a bunch of panty waste. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to say, but I didn't know if that's what you would well, say that's too. What but they are. <laughs> yeah. So, they, but why, but why are pastors so afraid and churches so afraid to dive into this, these topics and specifically the trans topic, because you just don't, man, you don't hear Like, is it, do they feel like they're going to, Oh, they're yeah. worried about money. Okay, I, I mean, you know, they're worried about they're worried about their influence in the community. They they want they we've been sold a a a, a total lie that says that we're not supposed to talk about these things. Stay out of politics, right? And and these are policies that are destroying people's lives. One of the things I got to do uh, part of the us being away for a while is I get to go to L.A. Go to the Dream Center. And uh, there's a dream center here in Indianapolis that's getting ready to launch. A, a good friend of mine, um, 
you know, is, is, is the one who's running it, Mike Woods. And he wanted to take us there. And he took us. What does the Dream Center the do? The Dream Center is, is a place that um, it started out in L.A. It started with Tommy Barnett's ministry out in L.A. They bought this hospital. And it's about nine acres. But they, they have done unbelievable work in in LA in just reaching out to the needs any need you could possibly imagine they just they they it started in the back of a van and it and they just they feed people they do addiction counseling they kids that don't have any parents they've been emancipated they're taking them through you know uh and, and just listening to the testimonies it was phenomenal so we go out there and one of the things they wanted us to do was go to skid row now I've heard of Skid Row. The first time I heard of Skid Row, it just it was a band, right? I didn't know what that was, but, but but Skid Row was a place that they decided to 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 try and take, you know, so many blocks and put them all these broken people into one area, and then they were going to give them help, and they were going to put put help around them. Now it's not a couple blocks; it's twenty two blocks. Wow! And Micah. When I walked there, I never saw so many crack pipes and razor blades in my life. Wow. I never saw it. I, 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 I never saw people walking like zombies before and bent over and just shuffling their feet. Just, you know, mm. or not even standing right in the road. Like, I was I watched this one, walked up, and there was a woman there. She was in her 60s. 70 something like that she's topless she's got a shirt on the top of her head and she's she's her pockets are pulled inside out we were handing out water bottles and just praying for people and this lady guzzled down too she was not in her right mind at all see the asylum is actually the streets now Mm. they're all out right and this lady was just she looked demon possessed to me i mean like she just looked like she was demonized Mm. And I thought to myself, I have never in my life, uh, but you know what? She had a crack pipe right there. She had a razor blades mm. down on the ground. And I thought, I've never seen an American in my life so destitute as what I'm seeing here. And all I saw was policy. It's this policy that led to these people suffering. And, and it, it just broke your heart. Yeah broke your heart that these are our fellow Americans because people did this to them. Whether you, whether you, 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 you help too much. There's a, there's this good book that talks about when helping hurts. There's a point where you can do things for people that they don't, you enable get, them. get self-reliance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but just by trying to give, 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 not not making them have to grow or live or teaching them how to live and broken families. I guarantee there's so much broken families. There's the addiction. This place is a hellhole. And all I see is policies that somebody's responsible for this. And you know what? The Dream Center's there every week bringing hope, trying to pull people off those streets, praying with them, going, do you want to come? We can get you off the street. We can help you. It's, a, it's this beautiful thing. You want to turn poverty back? You've got to, you've got to teach people. You've got to show them how to live. That's what the Dream Center does. And, and, and Pastor Mike Woods, man, what's going to happen here in Indianapolis shortly is going to be an amazing thing. 
but that's the policy. The, the policy. We're not supposed to talk about that? I, I get the sense that pastors in America are just reacting to all the bad policies. So like the Dream Center is great. The Dream Center is awesome. But the Dream Center is catching people because they've been wrecked because of bad policy. So if you're somebody who's going to be proactive, you got to go upstream. You got to go upstream to where where is all of this starting? And I think what you're making the the point is is that it starts with bad policy. Terrible. So so we need to fix where it starts upstream too. Yes, we do need to catch downstream. We need to catch the ripple effects and the the we need to react because those people matter too. But it's like gosh, church in America, if pastors would just learn how to go upstream a little bit and cut off the source that's causing all of this destruction, you won't have this destruction to begin with. Yeah. So, but yet it's like, oh, well, we don't want to talk about that because that might be offensive or that might be considered political. But I, yeah, I've heard people say life church is political. I'm thinking, I, my response is always, no, we're not. We're biblical. Like, how is yeah. the transgender thing a political thing? No, it's a biblical thing. How's marriage a political thing? No, it's biblical. How's abortion political? No, it's biblical. How is, how is, how, how should, how should the government take care of the poor? That's a biblical thing. How do you parent? That's yeah. a biblical thing. That's right. So, you know, of course we want to give them Jesus, but Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. So he is the way to live life. He's the truth about life, and he's the life you get whenever you put your hope in him. So it has to affect the way you live. I don't know if anybody is a Mandalorian fan for Star Wars, but they they say this statement. There's a group of people that come together. There's like this sect, and they say, this is the way. And everybody says, this is the way. You know, I'm like, I stole that. Because Christianity before, <laughs> you, you did. It was Christianity called the way. It was called the way. Yeah. This is the way. This is the way. That's, right? that's true. Like, before it was called Christianity. They, they stole everything they, in Star Wars. They literally, they said, this is the way. We are We are the way. Like, we are part of the way. That's what it was called. Yeah, the way. Yeah. So Well, it, it is Disney. So uh, I don't want people to think that you're promoting Disney because Disney is a cesspool of an organization now so way to go nathan well 100 percent. but you know i just want to tell you that there's something right about the mandalorian this is the way you have to micah you have to look in in all of our world i've seen you do it with movies here at church i've seen you do it and use your video clips with right. iron man that's and, Avengers and stuff like that that's Which marvel the, that's not yeah, disney they own they are owned by disney you liar anyway um but but you you take an illustration when truth is 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 there you turn around and say now is that is that simply religion no it's it's the way god wants us to live that's right and good and 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 when you see dysfunction there's an unbiblical thought that's at the foundation of that dysfunction which is why when we stare into the word of god we identify it and then we have to go back and combat it with what with the truth so okay, that's an unbiblical thought. Now we're going to add the biblical thought back to it. So with uh, with dysphoria, it's talking about all of these transgender confused people, and specifically children. You know, nine year olds, ten year olds, who then go to their teacher or their counselor at school. The school says keep this from the parents. They begin to counsel the nine or ten or eleven year old into this transgender identity parents don't know what's going on they start to see red flags they start asking questions and this is the testimony of the parents 
And the unbiblical thought is the thought of confusion. I mean, that's really, it's this idea that your identity does not come from God. But, but you know, I, 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 even hear, I even hear churches and pastors say, we don't really need to take the word of God into the schools because, because you know, we want this separation of church and state, which is a, which is a farce to begin with. It's not actually what our founders said. But, the, but they, even churches have bought into that where they say, well, we don't really want to take the gospel into the schools. Well, now you have these institutions where kids are, they have a captive audience with teachers for, uh, you know, for eight hours a day, and teachers aren't coming at it from a biblical place, like you just yep. said. They're coming at it from an unbiblical place. And then pastors or parents don't get time with their kids as much time as the government gets with them. Yep. We've essentially given our kids over to Caesar. Well, there's there's the unbiblical thought, right? Who owns your children? Yeah. You own them. Yeah. Who does God hold responsible for the stewardship? Do you think he's looking at, at, at superintendents in your neighborhood? No. No, he's looking at the parent first. Yeah. The parent's the one that's responsible. And if you allow if 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 you allow your school to be taken over by school boards that are rogue and not doing what they're supposed to do, like that's where you know one of the things we talked about on the last episode, you're fired. You you we're gonna make you hear us. Yeah. Because I didn't give you I didn't give you control of my child. Because I sent my child to school. But I'll tell you what, more and more and more, the public schools are just a cesspool. If I was raising kids again, I'd homeschool them, yeah. 100%. Well, and I, I think we're seeing more parents wake up to that. And, and you know, the answer, a lot of times the teachers unions will say, give us more money. But in Indiana, we give 63% of our annual budget get, is given to education. 63%. I mean, I, think about it. There's a, a seven, almost an $8 billion budget or revenue stream that's coming into Indiana and 63% of that is going to education. And More we money still, doesn't fix it. We still can't get it right. Yeah. And and I, I would argue that we're not getting it right because we walked away from biblical truth. That's right. And you're going to hear teachers union people scream bloody murder. We don't want that Bible. We don't want that truth of God's word. And then at that, you know, I was talking to a mom a few weeks ago and and her kid is getting in trouble at school, and it's uh, you know over uh, over something really stupid that is uh, you know, the school really shouldn't be wasting their time with. And I and I I said to the mom, I said, you know, it's interesting that they're now saying that this is wrong because objectively, I know these people at the school. And this was an HSE. They teachers don't have, and the superintendents and the uh, and the the administration, they don't have objective truth. There is no objective truth. You can say as a parent whatever you want to believe is the truth, and then you just go in and your your kid can do whatever the heck he wants. There's no discipline. There's no truth. And if a if a teacher ever says this is wrong, I think they got he got in trouble for uh, wearing blackface uh, at a football game, uh, but it wasn't blackface. It was a blackout night, and so he had he had black face paint on. And uh, there's this black DEI officer lady there um, who's, you know, offended by everything that she sees. And she, she, got, she got mad. And so she's... she's Diversity, a, inclusion, yeah, right. and equity, right? <laughs> yeah. She's like, this is blackface. This is black. How dare you do this, right? And, uh, and so she's all upset. And I just said, they have no place to tell you that blackface is wrong. Like, they, they can't say anything is wrong because they have staked their claim in saying everything is okay. 
And so if they want to say, oh, this is wrong, no, they're not allowed to do that anymore because everyone does what's right in that, their own eyes. That's what you call an argument that commits suicide. That's right. Yeah. You know? Hey, I, and nobody cares that our Navy SEALs wear blackface. Ah, yeah. Right? right. You, In fact- Oh, I, I bet heard, she would. I, heard, I bet these DEI officers <laughs> at HSC would care. There was so. this comedian and he was talking about how, how um, you know, th- he's like, do you want to be standing next to this white guy? At night, look at his face shining. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna get bullets firing at you. Are you okay if he wears blackface? Then you're like, yeah, that changes matters, That's right? Hilarious. So it's just funny. People don't think they don't use logic, yeah. and we've certainly lost our sense of humor, right? Yeah. And even even scorn has has a concept of its political speech, yeah. right? So turning around and telling people that you don't make logical sense. It's is 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 hateful and mean as long as it, it's hateful and mean as long as it's against the left. Yeah. If you do it on the against the right, you're their hero. They don't. It's it. It doesn't make any lick of logic. Yeah. Uh, logical sense. Well, they've turned against God. I mean, the left. And, and I'm not saying that everybody on the left has turned against God. But I'm saying as a whole, the left has become hostile to God. I mean, you even go back to the. The Democrat convention, which is the left. I mean, they are the champions of leftism. The Democrats are in our in our culture. The convention back in 2012, when they removed all wording of God from their national party platform. I mean, they, they were so offended that the word God was literally even in the party platform. They removed it. One nation under God. Like, they didn't like that. They removed that from the party platform. Anytime it mentioned God, they removed it. Now, I think it's just... I give them kudos because I think they're just being intellectually honest at this point. You know, they're just saying like, this is who we are. We weren't for God anyway. So why do we have it in the party platform? But the point is, is that they, they have become hostile towards the things of God. They become hostile toward God himself. But the problem with this is if there is no God, then you are God. Mm -hmm. And then if you are God, who's to say you're wrong? Why is it wrong to murder somebody and take their stuff. I mean, that's what the animals do. That's what they, that's what like, and are we not just animals? If there's no God, evolution is your, is how we came to be. And we're just animals. Yeah. Well, Why? What's it matter? We're all going to evolve another. It's, it's all going to just evolve. Right. I mean, we could burn the whole place down with nuclear weapons. It's fine. It's going to evolve into something. If else. you're listening to this and you're a leftist, I would love to know what separates human morality from animal morality. Like if there is no God, if you really believe you're listening to this and there's no God, you have evolved and all you are is just an animal. Why can't we kill the way the animal kingdom kills? Why can't, if, if, a, if a stronger, more fit person sees somebody who's weaker, why can't they just kill that person and take their stuff? Because that's what lions do. Yeah. That's you what put lions in jail for that's, killing. No, prey? no. Yeah. We just say that's kind of how the world works. So what separates man from animal? And if you, there is no God, nothing does. And then my question is, so why do we have rules? Let's just kill or be killed. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's so many things that, that it's just like when you just follow it down the logical road that it comes to a conclusion of God is the answer to the end of it. Why do we have holiday, you know, holidays? Because they're called holy days, right? <laughs> that we got from the Bible. Why do we wear clothes? Because we had to cover up our shame because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. Where do we get languages from? 
because of the Tower of Babel, you know, we, we have different languages that developed when <laughs> God wanted to deal with man about their pride, and so he confused their language to slow them down and their technology. You know, like, if you're a anything. leftist, if you're a leftist and you're wearing clothes right now and you don't believe in God, you are now giving glory to God just by your clothes. By you, wearing clothes. You need to take those off and never wear them again. <laughs> oh, okay? they will too, maybe. And <laughs> I have like, a, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> I I have a friend, he's a pastor, and uh, we, man, we love to have political discuss, discussions, just the two of us around a campfire. Is it but, not me? No, it's not you. You've got another pastor friend that likes to talk about yeah, politics? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what? he has he looked at himself far more as a, as a, as a classical liberal, right? He, he, he did that. But what's funny is how much he has kind of changed course. He said, I have seen so much... That has come out since COVID, that has come out since BLM, that has come out where they said they believed this, and I found it to be opposite. And he says, I find myself moving conservative every day. And he he texted me the other day and goes, I just had a family leave my church because they think I'm too conservative. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, and in comparison to like to you us, I, yeah. like he's way on the left, on, on the left, right. <laughs> uh, you know, on the liberal side. Cause I think there is a difference between classical liberals oh, yeah. and leftists. But yeah. the, the problem is, is that so many of the liberals have really drank the Kool-Aid of leftism. They've yeah. gone there. So there's very few real liberals, classical liberals left. Yeah. Liberal in that word comes from uh, the word libre, which means liberty. And and so really classical liberals are people who just believe in individual liberty. Mm-hmm. That's why Berkeley back in the 60s was the hub of liberalism. They were actually the hub of free speech. They began to push this concept of, hey, speech should be allowed no matter what it is. And they were really embracing that. Now you look at Berkeley they're the opposite of free speech. They're yeah. they're the safe space people. They're the ones that say don't you uh, free speech is hate speech is what they'll say now. Yeah, and it's think a, about yeah. how we used to say it when when we were kids. I know I'm I'm much older and wiser than you are, Micah, but um, <laughs> but you still remember this when when you were talking about um, you know that that the ideas that you have I don't have to agree with, but I'll die for your right to say them. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. You might say stuff that's stupid, but I'll die for your right to say it. And I want you to think how different cancel culture is than that. Yeah. No, no, no. You'll die if you say it. Yeah. We will we'll destroy your life if you say that. Yeah. What happened to real free speech and what classical liberals believed in? Yeah. 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 And I think that's uh to that point of your your pastor friend, I think I would ask pastors like that and and get and listen, I'm not saying that we're not flawed humans and people are, are, we're all not perfect, but, but where was the discernment? You know, I mean, 2020, I don't know about you, Nathan. I saw right through the BLM stuff. I saw right through the COVID stuff. I saw through it all. Like it, it, and it wasn't, and I'm, again, I'm not saying I'm this like amazingly wise person. I'm just saying it was easy to spot when BLM literally has on their website, it was, they want the destruction of the nuclear family. I, like, I, I mean, made, what more do you I, need? I like made, as a pastor, I made copies of that, right? Yeah. Like, cause I took screenshots of that because I knew they, they were going to pull that down. Yeah. They, you, they couldn't be that, um, that honest, once they're trying to pick up steam everywhere and everybody's going to yeah. do the BLM thing. Yeah. And then where is all that money today? Yeah, they a, ran off with they it. They ran off with it. Yeah. You know? It's all a criminal thing. Yeah. People know it now. Yeah. 
um, they they totally lied about what they were going to do with the money, and then it just you know, and then you see them actually having dinners in their gardens, and it's, yeah, you know, oh, and, they oh, have they millions of dollars, and it's just, I mean, that's what happens in communism all yeah. the time. That's what happens in leftism. You people live like this, we will live like yeah. this. You people don't even get your own car anymore. We'll take our private jets. But do you give those pastors a pass who who uh, were kind of bought into it, hook, line, and sinker? Because I remember how many pastors had the blackout on their social media i mean i can think of i can think of a half dozen pastors just in our area that put the 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 just the black you know circle on their profile pictures as we stand with blm and i remember thinking to myself you're a fool you are an absolute fool like this is marxism they're marxist they have they have not tried to hide it they want to destroy the things of god and here you are a leader in a local church and you're putting a black circle on your on your profile to stand with something that's so against God, you're a fool. Do you give them a pass or do you say like, okay, like, you know, we'll have, a, or do you, do you kick them in the butt and say, you're, you're an idiot, man. Like, how can we trust you now? How can we trust your leadership now? If you lack that much discernment, it used to be in America that the most educated man in the community was supposed to be the pastor. Yeah. He was the one who went to university. He was the one who got trained. He was typically, you know, if you've never seen the movie, uh, Sergeant York, uh, yeah. that, that's a great idea for what the, the pastor was back in, um, Gary Cooper is in that movie. It's a great movie. Um, but there's, there's a preacher, he runs the post office. He's the guy that can read you your letters. Like, I, <laughs> like he, he runs the grocery store. Like, um, pastors had a responsibility to make sure that they were reading and learning and understanding, and they were to then teach the people things. Well, anymore, uh, they react with their with their emotions and they're, you know, because they love people, they think that they have to side with that without doing, doing some due diligence to find out, is there anything more? I think there is a lot of well-meaning kind of misguided pastors, but then there are those that are different. They, they have bought, they've drank the Kool-Aid. They're complicit. They, they are. They're complicit with the devil. And when, and when they go and they start saying things that are absolutely anti-biblical and then tell you, well, really, you don't have to, you you don't have to rely on the, uh, on the authority of God's word. And they start undermining God's word. They start undermining the Bible and, and, and they're literally, they think they're such smart thinkers because yeah. they can attack the authority that this nation was built on. And, and, and they think they're the smartest person in the room. I think it's arrogant. Anytime you take a position opposite of what God says, you're an idiot. Yeah. You are, you are you're arrogant. You're a fool. That's right. Yeah. Uh, there was a, we had a couple drag shows uh, in the Hamilton County area the last few weeks, and one was in Westfield. And there were kids that were coming. Kids were putting dollar bills in the drag sh- the drag queens, you know, clothes and everything like that. It was absolutely groomers and predators. Yeah, right. And there was a pastor, one pastor in particular, that was promoting this on his uh, on his social media. And I, and I just remember thinking, you know, about this guy specifically. I'm like, how how does that how do we get to that place where pastors in the community are out there they're they're champions of this type of wickedness i mean this isn't even the lgbtq stuff this is like drag show grooming of the next generation taking men flaunting all of their body parts in front of children like how is that now not only just being accepted and allowed in a place like westfield but but you have local clergy 
who are supporting this. Could a child go into a strip club? I would say no, absolutely not. It's illegal. It's illegal. Yeah. But if we bring the strip club to the park in yeah. Pendleton yeah. and then have little kids put the money into men's underwear, yeah. we have, like, think about how stupid that is. <laughs> think about how stupid. And for people to go, oh, I want my child to be there so they can be, so they can, just love everybody because this isn't love. No, that's predator stuff. Yeah. stuff. It's like, uh, I'm Chris Matthews. Can you have a seat? Or I'm Chris ha- Hansen. Have a seat right over there the, to catch a predator that when he, when he wants. I'm Chris Hansen. Have a seat right there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but here we are. We've got pastors who are promoting this stuff. And I, to your point, I think Charlie Kirk laid it out really well. He said there are pastors who are, who are uh, courageous. There are pastors who are cowardly but they know what's right they're just maybe a little afraid to do what's right and then there are those who are complicit that's right and i think if you're listening to this you need to be at a church where the courageous is or at least even some there's there's kind of this line between courageous and cowardly where maybe your pastors are just uninformed and they don't necessarily they would be courageous they just need to know you're with them and so so going to your pastor and saying pastor like why aren't you teaching on this more why aren't you calling out the things of culture more why aren't you going to god's word and saying what does god say about stuff like these really important quote unquote political issues but from a biblical perspective not a Republican perspective, not a Democrat perspective, but from a biblical perspective. Yep. Pastor, why are so many people leaving our church? Is it because of the wokeness that we're preaching here? Because, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. woke, wokeness is a church killer. Yeah, it is. Right? So you're seeing people hemorrhage, you're seeing people leave, and they're still trying to play the game. Yep. Right? Yep. If, if a horse is dead, dismount. Yeah. Right? You don't, you don't keep... Trying, trying to go with this thing, and and yet they still do. It, it does not make any sense. Yep. And I would just encourage you, Pastor, if you've been straddling the fence, thinking you could somehow be able to walk through this. Hey, read read the book uh, "When a Nation Forgets God" mm. by Erwin Lutzer, mm, that's a good and book. and read that book and see how the German Church tried to tried to do that too. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer was going, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. You got to stand up. We're in a day of darkness and the shepherds have to be shepherds and and realize you 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 cannot negotiate with the wolves. You have to can't pet a demon. That's it. Yeah. Well, and, and if you, again, going back to what we started with, dysphoria, if you haven't seen the movie, you need to go to fearlessfeatures.org. Um, it's not out right now. The streaming sites, all the Amazons, and they're, not gonna, they're never going to allow that movie on, onto their platform. But you can ask your pastor to bring this in. You can, they'll, they'll do a premiere night at your church as well. And, and reach out to them, reach out to Mark and Amber, or you can reach out to Nathan and I at, at Micah at lifechurchin.com or, dot com or uh, Nathan at, oh, at lifechurchin.com. I, I do have some advice for them. Yes. If you do a premiere that's a red carpet event, <laughs> then, you know, make sure that your pastor knows that he should dress up because apparently somebody gave Micah the memo but not me. I came in. It's a jeans. red carpet premiere. Okay, Nathan. first off, I am not of the hootie tootie people. 
who who know what the all the red I don't go to red carpet events. It's I've a never, red carpet premiere. Okay. Have you never watched the Oscars? Have you never watched Why like, would I watch such liberal drivel? Because John Wayne used to do those things too. John back Wayne when, came in cowboy yeah. boots and jeans. <laughs> Hey, I just, I showed up and Nathan's literally in the office and he's got like a, he's got like a puffer jacket on and like a some shoes. puffer jacket? Yeah, like you were what just. What the heck is a puffer just, jacket? It was like a, it's like a, it's like a jacket, like a, like a very casual jacket. That's because jacket. I have a large gun that I need to hide <laughs> underneath. But, but I said, are you going to go home and change? And uh, I was like, I've been doing ministry all day, man. I didn't have time to go home and Primp. I didn't ask you to come up on stage. I was going to ask you to come no, up I'm on stage. I'm glad you didn't. But I knew you would have been like, oh, dude, like, because, you know, I'm up at, I'm up there with a black tie on. Yeah. And I, I wanted to highlight you, but I was like, oh, he's going to be mad if I highlight oh, well, him now because, because, yeah. uh, you know, you look like a slob and at a red carpet. I, I didn't look like a slob. I looked like I do every day, which <laughs> it wasn't a slob. I looked normal i think that was uh that that that's to be decided yet and to be determined that you look normal it was hey you didn't look normal with those glasses that aren't real glasses <laughs> they were real glasses you, no, you keep calling them fake glasses i need glasses to help me read sometimes i was yeah, gonna be reading things crap you were not reading with those glasses those are personality go home glasses. to mommy that's a bunch of not a single thing he said is accurate <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, check out Dysphoria if uh, fearlessfeatures.org. If you're at a church that is uh, preaching the word boldly, stay there. If you're not, find a new church because the church really is the hope of the world. And it's going to be God's people standing up, preaching truth, speaking truth, because we know that if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Yeah, I will say this. I met some great people that were at a church recently, and they're trying to change that church from the inside. They're Good. praying. They're seeking God. They're trying to get truth into the hands of their pastors and i just want you to know if that's you we admire you keep admire doing you. it there's always there's always a a uh a trying to change things from the inside a puritan version but then there's a separatist version of how do you go about it look fight for truth okay that was that was way too long because now this now the outro music is is now over so uh jesus sex and <laughs> politics we'll see you next time <laughs> Uh, that's great. Puritans, separatists is what I got. If you don't know what that is, he's referring to early American history. The Puritans were trying to purify the Church of England. The separatists separated from the Church of England. They both left to get away from the Church of England and the British rule. Uh, they both just had different agendas and how to do it. And But they both love freedom. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So I didn't want you to make them feel bad if they're trying to change things from the inside. No, that's true. Yeah, There's still freedom fighters. That's right. That's right. right. Okay, well, this has been Jesus, Sex, and Politics. We're going to play the outro again. Tell all your friends to listen to this podcast so you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I'm Micah. I'm Nathan. We'll see you next time.